Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off the role of a 20 sided die. I'm Jordan. <laughs> you know, we were getting along fine before you did that. I'm Cody. <laughs> How's it going, Cody? Uh, it's going good. It's going fine this week. Okay, and you know what you usually say after you finish saying that? Oh, how are you doing? Yeah. Thanks, Cody. This is uh, Jordan's um, 101 on how to have human interactions. <laughs> Usually you respond by saying, how are you? Dude, I'm fine, and you? <laughs> but instead yeah, but of critiquing... What? Oh, I was going to just go straight into the next thing, but anyways, what are you Oh, gonna say? no, that's fine. Please tell me about how to have human interactions. Go screw yourself. So, Cody, <laughs> what have you been? Uh, what have you been into recently? Okay, so I mean, still, um, Skyrim. still Skyrim. I'm still <laughs> yeah. playing Skyrim while yeah. I exercise. Oh, you know, okay. This is this is a public service announcement for anyone. Don't who's ever play tried Skyrim. To make... Exactly. No, Skyrim is great. I still love it. Um, n- n- this is uh this is a public service announcement for anyone who's tried to make queso at home. Bechamel is a lie and is not the way to make queso. Oh, really? What a bechamel is, is uh, flour and butter mixed together into a roux, and then you mix that with milk. That makes a bechamel sauce, right? And then usually the way that people say to make queso is you melt cheese into that. Here's the thing. That's fully fictitious. The proper way to make queso is this. You start with equal parts American cheese and then some kind of cheese that tastes like something. sorry stopping you that's the best way to describe it american cheese and cheese that actually tastes like something perfect keep going you put that in a double boiler and add water and heat until and okay so a little bit of water at first yes begin heating in the double boiler until it becomes a liquid and then add water until it's the thickness that you want or the thinness that you want. If you go too thin, add a little bit more cheese. If you're too thick, add a little bit more water. You're done. That's queso. That's restaurant style queso. It has two ingredients, which is cheese and water. Now, here is the secret for why that actually works. But anyways. Here, here, well, now, okay, let's say you want to make beer cheese. Substitute the water for beer. Let's say you want to make spicy beer cheese saute um a jalapeno and an onion and some garlic together in a pan dump that into the cheese mixture heat it up in the double boiler you're done now here's the secrets to what i just juices in there because you know oh right yeah if you just want if you just want like pepper concentrate or you could do like cayenne pepper you can add whatever flavorings you want to get a mortar and pedestal and crush up the jalapeno or whatever peppers in there and then press the juice out of that and that's that is the good stuff that that actually sounds really terrible, but you know, that's <laughs> fine. I mean, going, I'm not going to judge going. you, but that's a keep bad idea. <laughs> Instead, saute it in an oil because you're basically doing this. Anyways, it doesn't matter. Here's here's the reason why this works. All right. Most cheeses do not emulsify well into a smooth sauce. Cheddars yeah, yeah, will yeah. break if you heat them. Yep. And the other thing is you have to heat them in a specific way. The reason you use a double boiler, it controls your heat. You can't burn this cheese sauce, which is the easiest thing to do with cheese sauce is burn it. Use a double boiler. So, okay. You don't have this so issue. I, I don't. Rue, I'm going to sound stupid, but can you ex- describe a double boiler? Oh, I what a double boiler is? Yeah, you pour water and then you pour, you put a thing in there right in the. Yeah, a double boiler is, they they sell, like, purpose-made double boilers. You have a pot of water boiling on the stove, put a heat-safe mixing bowl on top yeah. of it. That, okay, that's, that's what, yeah, that's what I thought when you meant double yeah. boil, like, double boil it, is you boil the water, and then you have a bowl over yeah. it, and the heat is transferred not directly from the, the stove, but through the The steam won't get hot enough to, to burn board. your cheese, yeah, yeah, yeah in board. those conditions, because you'll, okay. you'll be venting it out to, you know, whatever. Anyways, yeah, yeah. so... One, you can't burn it, right? I already said that. Two, reheating works. With a bechamel, reheating it sucks. It's really difficult. With this, when it cools, it will solidify a little bit. When you want to reheat it, throw it in the double boiler, heat it up, it's liquid again. Okay, so the reason it works. Cheeses do not actually emulsify well. They don't melt they don't melt well either. Um, especially something like a cheddar has a tendency to break. So you end up with like solids and then yep. oil around it, right? Yep. Which is disgusting and nasty. Yep. Not what you want. Not a nice, smooth, creamy cheese sauce. Yes. 
what American cheese, or if you're in Europe, cheese slice is, is cheese, like a cheese blend, with emulsifying salts added to them. Those emulsifying salts, um, there's, like, chemistry behind what they actually do. I think it's something with, like, breaking apart the proteins, but... (laughs) I don't know chemistry. It makes it so it'll melt properly, which is why when you have like a grilled cheese with like American cheese, it's all melty and perfect. Or why people put American cheese on like a cheeseburger because it melts really nice. Those are those emulsifying salts. You can buy emulsifying salts and then you can use whatever cheese you want. But American cheese has more emulsifying salts than it needs. So you can do it in about equal parts and whatever cheese you add will emulsify beautifully into the sauce. This is also how to make really good mac and cheese. That's what I've been into this week. Okay, so really quick, I'm really I thank you for showing me pretty much the only use for American cheese other than You pump uh, your brakes. American cheese is the greatest thing that's ever been invented ever. Cody, I Cody, love Cody, it. Cody, Cody, how about you slow down a little bit? It is not the greatest thing. It's not even the greatest cheese, Cody. That's just incorrect. It's the best it, cheese. It's dude, it's just rubber. It's not. It's not. It's cheese. It's not. The thing is, it isn't rubber. Cody, it is cheese. Cody, we don't. We don't need to fight over this. Do you want to look Cody? at the ingredients on a slice Cody? of American cheese? Hey, Cody. Do you want to not have this conversation right now? Because I do not feel like ripping you a new one. <laughs> You're just so wrong about the contents of American cheese. Anyways, it what's tastes, your second point? It's not good. I forget what my first point was, so it doesn't matter. Anyways, <laughs> do you have anything else? Um, I finished reading a book called uh, Mexican Gothic. It is very good. Yeah, you should check it out. Either hear about this this week or next week because I'm right. Be po- I'm staggering the post of the recommendation, so it's not like yeah, so it's going to be when we have an off week, maybe. Anyways, but you'll you'll hear about a be- uh, Mexican Gothic pretty soon, guys pretty soon and maybe we'll talk about revival i don't know um, <laughs> so yeah so it's up to me now that's the quickest you've ever gone through one of your segments of what are you even talking about like i'm, I'm very I'm very surprised that. that it's not like 15 minutes in it's like okay could i need to talk about my stuff um so my stuff i've been doing a lot i need to like pump my brains and like focus more on shows and stuff but i i think i as I talked to you about before the show, I think I burnt myself out by trying to fill the void in my life with um, way too much stuff to do. And then work has been really, really, really stressful recently. So that's also like caused me just to want to go home and not do work at all. And it's been a lot of, hey, I can just do anything else. So that being said, um, I've here. Pick a number between one and five, and I'll tell you about one of my things. Three. Three. Okay, so I have started reading the manga Uzumaki by Junji Ito, which is a horror manga. and I think it's the first actual like full-length manga by him that I've read. And um, I'll say it's interesting. Junji Ito, is, you've, have you heard of him at all? I have not, no. Yeah, but he, he's like one of the, well, I mean, as far as horror goes horror manga goes he's the biggest name right now and like he has some very weird very sometimes effed up manga like one of them is Gyo, which is just when like fish and sharks and stuff grow legs like these like creepy insect legs and come on shore and start killing people um yeah so he he has some very weird it's very grotesque art sometimes but so far i'm reading uzumaki and it's good and what this one's about is uzumaki in japanese i think stands for spiral or whatever, you know, I know Japanese because I'm a weeb. Um, but it, it says for spiral. And the whole thing is like this, just kind of the idea of this spiral is pretty much like corrupting and like destroying this town. So it starts out with this guy and his dad is like becomes like overly obsessed with spirals. Like he like starts buying all the spiral art. He starts drawing spirals everywhere and stuff. And then his wife is just like, hey, how about you don't? And like, gets rid of all the spiral stuff and the dad freaks out and it's like well if i can't have any more spiral selves i will take the one step further i will become a spiral and then the next scene is very horrifying as he's completely twisted himself into the spiral inside of this like wooden barrel and like they walk in and see that like he basically kills himself by turning into a spiral and it's really grotesque and like ah a lot of body jordan horror, have you ever considered watching happy things um like i'm just saying like maybe uh, like 
25% of the time watch things that aren't horrifying and miserable. <laughs> Maybe that might be my problem. So anyways, <laughs> after that, it just goes downhill and like the, the idea of this spiral thing starts affecting the whole town. And it kind of like part that I'm on right now will... Last part I was on, it kind of got into like the almost Tales of the Crypt style horror where it was like almost like it was like a lesson to be learned and almost kind of like comical at times. But there was, I'll have to send you the picture of the page because it's really, I laughed even though it's like it's horror, you're not supposed to. But it's like there was this guy who's pretty much stalking, like he keeps like doing the thing that I hate in anime where it's like, oh, if I pester her enough, she'll love me. So he keeps doing that to the main character. And she's just like, hey, leave me alone. The more you pester me, the less I like you. And so I'll send you the page because it's very funny the way it happens. But he's like, okay, I've seen this in a movie before. It's like, and he runs out of the street. He's like, I will stop this car of how much I love you. And then he gets run over by the car. <laughs> and, and then You know, pulls, Jordan, have you considered watching spiral things that thing. aren't miserable? <laughs> No. So yeah, so so Uzumaki, it's very it's it's weird. It's very unsettling. It definitely disturbs even me sometimes when I've been enjoying it so far. Yeah, you know what? Um let's here, let me think of something happy I've been doing. Something happy. You've been watching Riverdale. Oh my bro. Bro, I have both been Riverdale's watching Riverdale's one of the greatest shows that's ever been made. The thing is, I've completely come around on it and I actually kind of love it right now. It it is Wait, so... are you still watching season three? Uh, no, I kind of... Okay, so uh, I paused. Yeah. And the reason I paused is because I started watching the Winx saga, which is just Riverdale, but worse. Yeah. It's, it's just not it's as based good as Riverdale. On, that's the one based off the more. Winx cartoon, right? Yeah, very loosely. Very, very, very loosely. Yeah, because I remember the Riverdale Winx cartoon again. being really happy and really, like, flowery. And, like, oh, we're it's, it's, it's basically Sailor Moon, but Americanized. Yeah, what it is is uh, they cast thirty-eight-year-olds to be sixteen-year-olds so and then Riverdale. have them wear a lot of lingerie. Yeah, it's so that Riverdale. again. Yeah, yeah, okay. Riverdale. So, sounds, sounds Except like Riverdale does it better because Riverdale is way more bonkers. I, which is weird because isn't Wink supposed to be like magic and stuff? Shouldn't magic always be more bonkers than real life? Well, mm, no, this is not. This is not more bonkers. Huh. It's. Just not as much fun. Yeah, no. The only happy thing I've been watching is Riverdale, where in Riverdale, there is a serial killer dad, a cult that is sacri- like branding people for sacrifice. Serial um, killer dad is the best dad, Serial though. killer uh, dad is the best thing in that show. I love serial he's killer so dad. so great. But th- there, there's a cult based off of Dungeons and Dragons. Then there's another cult based off of, like, pretty much Jonestown type stuff. And it's just, it's very... Very bad, but very also good at the same time because it's so bonkers. And I love sitting there just like, what just, just like, what is, what is happening? So yeah, that's, that's the happy thing. Cody, I'm sorry that all I do is depressing stuff. <laughs> Other than Riverdale. <laughs> Have you ever thought about being happy? No, I mean, I'm going to watch Chef this weekend for no reason at yes. all because of the recommendation. Watch show. Chef. So good. I really hope that has a melancholic end. It does not have a melancholy well, end. I'm no, probably it's not going to like it. It actually just got a happy end. I think two and a half out of three of the things I did for the recommendation for you were, well, that I told you about were melancholic. Revival, I mean, because it's like a, but it's not super melancholic, but it has melancholic points. But yeah. But alligator. I, and I liked. Orphanage well, I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about. Yeah, I revival, do want you to read more so we can talk about it because I do. I love yeah. revival, and I will start reading it as it's. Anyways, we're off topic. Cody, do you want to start the episode? Well, like really start yeah, the man. episode. So what was yeah, last I'm week, ready. Cody? You should know. I don't know. I don't remember. We did it at together. All. Oh, uh, that was the um, like Cronenberg. It's very funny because before you start, we started. You were like, oh, yeah, part of my world kind of has to do with last week's. So I assumed you would know what last week was. Not when you put me on the spot, but it was the Cronenbergs. Yeah. Yeah. That is literally the name of the episode. So, yes, the Cronenbergs. Yep. Yeah. We just did the Rick and Morty thing. Yeah, but only better. Uh, I don't but know. But on Mars that. and with, Mars. and with, and, you know, I haven't seen Martians. that. I haven't watched that much Rick and Morty. So that could be a recommendation thing for you. It's <laughs> worth, it's worth, it's worth watching. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, last week was the Cronenbergs. What is this week, Cody? Uh, this week is uh, Space Odyssey slash colonization. It was Space Colonization. 
It was yeah. honestly my world would be a lot better written than it is this week. So I think mine's a yellow card, but we'll see. God, <laughs> it's been such a long while since you yellow card. But God darn it, Cody! Why do you yeah, me? I'm not feeling like I really captured the spirit of the prompt, but I'm okay with I that. I feel like that's like. 50% of your worlds is I didn't really catch the spirit of the world but like whatever <laughs> I did it I, but I enjoy what I wrote so that's what matters as long as you have fun writing it Cody I have nothing bad to say about I have a lot of bad to say about you that's about. not true at all that's not even the close to true you will have a lot of bad things to say even yeah. if I do enjoy writing it yeah I mean that's just like part of the show now anyways <laughs> um yeah so you want to go ahead and roll for initiative i already did man i'm ready oh no okay what do you roll i rolled a three. Oh, i rolled an eight okay <laughs> go first buddy yeah no that was one where it was like i've rolled every time i roll below 10 it's just like well then you have that many more to roll higher than me because that's how probability right. works even though every time you tell me i don't know how probability works but we're not gonna get into it um, so this is called the, I hate this world. I don't hate this. Nope. Cutting that out. I'm going to have confidence in myself. This is the land of paradise. Greetings, citizens of planet 001827, otherwise known as Obelis. We are here for your onboarding of the space colony paradise. As you know, your planet is approximately 305 years before it is completely uninhabitable by your species. But never fear, we are here to offer you sanctuary. The colony of paradise is safe haven to many different species all over the galaxy who, like you, were at risk of losing their homes. Whether it be pollution, natural disaster, war, famine, or outside forces, these beings have all looked for a way out, and we have provided it. Welcome to paradise. So paradise was originally a space colony created by the planet Optria. Due to overmining, overharvesting, and the mass pollution, they were killing their planet. So they looked for a way out. The only way they found was the stars, and the only way to the stars was through their technology. It was kind of a vicious cycle. You know, try to escape the disaster only to perpetuate it. They, I hate that you have Bluetooth headphones that can just walk around. <laughs> <laughs> I can still hear you. I know, I know you can. <laughs> Stop. Anyways, they fled into space using a specialized space colony, but unlike the stationary satellites they had created in the past, their new paradise was to be part of a moving spacecraft. Their original goal was to fly through the galaxies and look for a new home, but paradise was only supposed to be a temporary escape. After much thought, they decided to continue adding on to their space station rather than ruining another planet. They wanted to create a new home, a new paradise, one that would not degrade like their world before them. So they came across many planets like theirs that were seconds away from destruction and thought to offer them a new life as well. So, at the center of paradise is the original rotating wagon wheel gyroscope space station that is attached to the black wing cruiser style frame. I said a lot of words there, but just listen. Inside of that is the home of the original Optrian people, population of about a few million. So think like, you know, the population Earth type thing, but a little bit smaller. A lot of bit smaller, right? <laughs> I don't like this word. <laughs> the inside of their colony, along the wheel's edge, is much like many of the planets in this universe. There is gravity, there is atmosphere, and they even have flowing water along with beaches. Their technology replicates the environment they were born in, and they have utilized machines to continually maintain and repair the ship. At the center of the wagon wheel is Command, where they plot out the current route and take in reports on how long the planets they come across have left. So most of the living quarters of Central Paradise are in the planet-like area, but due to overflow, there have been those located at the central spoke. That area is less like a planet and more like the inside of a spaceship. It's metal and cold, and room after room is made the same as if it... As if it's a pretty much an apartment complex. And then that's where the families of the superiors who are in charge of the ship, the government, those who are in charge of maintenance and other upkeep, the law enforcement, they all spend their night there. They cook, clean, and maintain their day-to-day. There are also corporate workplaces in the central area for those to help keep the ship running. 
Remote manned drones are used to maintain the outside of the ship, but these jobs report to the central spoke as well. The Optrian civilians spend most of their time in the planet-like area, living their lives as if they are in true paradise. So, many planets they have come across have been technologically advanced enough to be able to build an attachment to the ship and live with the Optrian people. So that's kind of their goal is like going from planet to planet, seeing one that's like kind of falling into chaos and like offer them a new home. So for the people that are technologically advanced, they can easily like attach their ship and then the Optrian people will help them create a paradise inside it. Why are you smiling at me like that? I don't like it. (laughs) I don't like your smile. Anyways... Other people are not as techno- technological advanced, but either way, the Optrian people um, offer homes for them. So they have both refurbished living places for other species, or they have created planet-like homes for those who cannot. They scan the planets they come across and create the closest possible replica to the original home world. Using technological advancements, they are able to add on to the original Paradise Cruiser, The more planets they pass, the more add-ons to the original structure they have. The original spacecraft was a supersized version of like an average cruiser-style ship. These days, it exists more like a cluster of connected ships all attached to one central hub. Each different addition is complete and is a complete and separate environment based off of the original planets. The clustered areas all move as like one giant unit, despite it being made up of so many different worlds. Um, through the mechanical, mechanical connection of the ship, there are social connections between each planet. And the original Optrian crew helps maintain the peace and the structure of their sister station. So pretty much they fly together as one big mass scanning the galaxy for more that are just like them. And that is my first part. So, so think of um, that very awful movie, Valerian, and the like thousand planets. Say, but it's like one I'm big getting... mass, and it's like it's they they fly through the galaxy rather than people coming to them. They come to other planets. So yeah, yeah. I was gonna say I'm getting very Valerian, City of a Thousand Worlds vibes. Yeah, that here. that was my inspiration. Which okay, this is a little bit of a tangent. So sorry, people listening to the podcast. I mean, tangent. Did you see that movie? It was horrible. Yes. I Did watched, it suck, but it should have been great, it right? It should have been great, but it really sucked. Anyways, that's that's exactly how I felt about it. <laughs> we'll have it. to talk about it sometime because it really sucked. All right. <sighs> this uh the the overall thing here is called Genesis. Um and the first section is called the Prime Age of Ruin. Ooh. We sexy. were the I'm doing like a thing here. Could you like let can I have my moment to do like my thing? Yeah. Where yep. Cody, I t- Cody, Cody. Anyways. Yes, yeah, sorry, Mr. CEO. I'll let you speak. Thank you. We were the old ones. Creatures beyond time and reason. Cosmic beings able to make and unmake right in blood and muscle and viscera. We could paint our wills into flesh, then return them again into the prime sludge that we call home. We exist beyond paltry and small gods. We create gods in the minds of weaker creations to suit our passing fancy. Our home world, silly though that may silly that concept seems now is perfect. Gray skies and the thick miasmic tar of the prime sludge that we bathe in. Our bodies, perfect and timeless, fed by countless conquests that we consumed other worlds and minds and love and light and culture. All that distilled into the prime sludge. More than just liquefied life, it is liquefied spirit. It is Genesis made manifest. And in our perfection, we have reached our lowest point. We won. We struggle no more. There must be something more. Okay. So, the world that we open on 
is the world of the Cthulhu-y monsters, yep. right? And I my saw imagining, this coming. My imagining is it is just like total void and just covered in what I called the prime sludge. Yeah. Which my thought on that is, you know, like cornstarch and water, how you slap it and it's solid, but then you can like stick your yeah. fingers into it. Imagine that, but gray and muscular, right? Ew, so it's like this vascular, like semi-solid. It's like would feel like muscle until you poke your hand into it slowly and then it like gives way and breaks apart as you can sink into it. And like living inside of this, the only thing that lives inside of it are these like original old ones that are like well in the sludge, vaguely formed and nebulous. Like their bodies almost don't exist whilst in this but kind of do you know it's like on the edges it just kind of all grows together and my thought here is this would be like the logical conclusion of the cthulhu monsters um so this is kind of similar to my dragon world where the dragons just burnt the entire world and then they're like we're bored (laughs) well now um yeah um the world starting where that one ended um my idea then is that like all around this world, you can see like rips in reality where they've conquered other worlds and other planes of existence. And from all of those, this gray slime is just pouring out as they've like liquefied other realities, all of it and poured it into their own worlds. Ah, yes. And that is the world. So I do see how this is space colonization. Okay. It is kind of space colonization. Yeah. Cody, if you have to use the word kind of, it probably isn't. <laughs> we get there. We get there. We get, okay. it's, it, comes in, it comes in later sections, but that's section one. Yep. Okay. Here is my quote-unquote flora and fauna. And as you guys know from a hundred of these episodes, it's not going to read really too much about flora and fauna. When the Optrians used their technology to leave their planet, Optria was dying much like yours will eventually. The skies were clouded black, and they had already lost so much of the life that existed in the world before, so they used nanomachines to encompass the land and scan all of life. Using that data, they made accounts of the species that were on their planet. They created replicas from the data so that their planet could live on. The grass, the plants, the animal species are all clones of the original life. But the Austrian people are the original. They took their existence to the stars where they would, in turn, leave their planet to die. Not every single Optrium made it to the ship. Those who stayed promised that one day they would save their own world. Life was replicated in their new space colony. They created the landscapes as they remembered from their home world. It is true that they can mass-produce proteins and vitamins through the machines, but they have created farms in the colony. Before the death of Optria, they were only eating supplement blocks, but now they can enjoy natural, albeit cloned food again. With the vacuum of space and their technology replicating the old world, they did not have to worry about the same issues as they did on Optria. They cleaned the air and water with their nanobots, they launched the waste into oncoming stars, and their machines are more sustainable. Their atmosphere does not degrade, and their processes are easily recycled. It is truly a paradise. And this is what the Optrians offer the galaxy. A way to save dying planets and offer those a new paradise. Paradise exists like the planets before them, an exact replica tacked on to the original Optria cruiser. But due to space, the Optrians cannot take every single being, so there are those who are left behind. Some planets are willing to leave everything behind, others are not. Paradise is perceived as the perfect offering for all, a replica planet that cannot degrade like the worlds before. Every planet has its separate area within Paradise, but they are all connected by paths. For example, the water planet Arlis, which was taken in by Paradise, is now a round orb filled with water in order to replicate their old world. The beings there swim with the other sea creatures freely, as if their own planet did not become too polluted to sustain life. Through there is an airlock that connects to the desert planet Isa. Isa is a sandstorm-laden world where the Isons take their sand crawlers and surf the dunes. So on and so forth. Each planet remains at peace as if they are living in a unified heaven. 
The Optrians keep pushing forth on their ship through the galaxy collecting more planets. Recently, they have been taking a more preemptive approach for new planets and telling the inhabitants when the end is coming, letting them know that paradise is open, is open for those who wish to come. I'm going to say I have the wrong word there. It's supposed to be for, but I have from there for some reason. Anyways, some planets they address thousands of years before the destruction, all with the goal of creating a perfect universe. This land of paradise is for all. So, like, for once, I'm not going with the sad, depressing thing, and I'm, like, trying to make a, like, pseudo-utopia. And I do, like, yes, there are people left behind, but I do have a cool idea for that at the end, where I'm not trying to be like, God hates you, go F yourself. <laughs> I'm, try I'm trying to be better. <laughs> As Melania Trump once said, be best. Did, did she, though? Yes, she's a freaking idiot, because that's, that's grammar for you. Anyways, your turn. Uh, okay. Section two. I felt how atrophied I had become, not in body, but in mind. The eldest ones had not arisen in an age of ages. Our bodies, however, were preserved in perfection by the prime sludge. But yet I rise. For those who have not yet been made one with our world, let me begin to describe what breaches first from the viscous deep and spouts the gray matter as a volcano is a cluster of eyes. Eyes that allow us to see all that can be. Eyes that reel in all directions and are all colors, luminous with deep knowledge. They crust what we have begun to call our crowns. Exo and Indo skulls lapped with irony muscle to protect that which is most dear, our immortal minds. Uh, Iron Muscle is mine. We have no need for mouths. We simply bathe in nourishment at all times. Our organs live in a torso of sharp angles and thick muscular growth, grown over with smooth and sinewy appendages as diverse as is needed for a task. As I grow out of the water, wings begin to form from some unused tentacle or arm that is laid dormant for an age. Wings sprout and grow forth. Veins, muscle, and bone at the command of my mind form a new body. For the first time in ages, the conqueror rises with the goal of finding a new conquest. But I am not alone. Work demands workers and servants. The material around me ripples, and my brethren hiss with discomfort. Oh, how they fuss. Why should I drain our home of even a thimbleful? Well, my hatred was always the greatest, so their indifference comes as no surprise. They were always weak. Now what I cr- now, what may I create? I let my imagination wander, and as it does, the prime sludge boils, and things emerge. Things of bone. Things that should not exist. Wings glued, and organs made to beat and work. Claw and fang. Limbs made for conquest and cruelty. Things of hate and death and purification. These things are as deathless as me, but with no minds of their own. Simple gray beasts, slick with sludge, Ew. nightmare made flesh, my children dripping and ravenous. Cody? Cody, yeah. I do want to say, yeah, what's like, up? as we were starting this, you were all like, hey, Jordan, you should, like, read or watch things that are, like, less dark. And so you're like, and this, my disgusting body flies through the universe, hoping to destroy the whole thing as my sinewy, gray, moist, slick, nasty body. And I have things and teeth and bones. Cody, you have no room to talk. You wrote this. Shut up, Cody. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Just... Just wait. Just be patient. If they're not for fighting my little, reward. if they were not fighting my little ponies by the end, there is no hope for this. There is a reward at the end. Just, <laughs> just let it be. It better be a freaking good reward, man. 
just why would you not trust me you know anyways do you have anything else to say about your world because i did kind of interrupt i think that sums it up all right he's spawning an army from the primal the prime sludge all around him all the other monsters are like why are you bothering and he's like i must kill i need to kill kill. we gotta kill all the young monsters dear 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 Oh, hey, Space, I meant to say this for after the show, but it's been bothering me all all episode. Is your shirt has so many holes in it, dude? It is <laughs> almost entirely holes. <laughs> like, I noticed when you turned around, there's like four holes in your back. There's holes all around the letters. There's holes in the armpits, all the sleeves. It's like, it's really bothering I, me. It's really I bothering me. I have a Pink me. Floyd shirt that my brother showed me a picture of me when i was in ninth grade and i was wearing that pink oh, floyd shirt oh no cody and i'm still wearing that pink floyd Wait, shirt it has size as you were <laughs> you're the same size as you were in high school that is amazing yeah i mean i've been basically chubby my entire life been, but no i've legit, gone so up and down since high school i mean i have skinny clothes which i can wear now but hey, anyways proud of you buddy uh, I have nipple holes in that shirt, like just two Cody, perfect little slits where the nipples just hey, poke right out. Hey, and bud. I'm like, I can't wear hey, this bud. without I, a jacket anymore. I don't need anymore. to hear about your nipples, bud. That's one thing I don't ever want to talk about. But bud, my son hey. really likes the shirt because no, there's holes Co- in it and he can oh, pull on them, you know, because <laughs> he just gets his little fingers in there and rips them apart Good. like a little cat. Anyways, my third part, Cody, society history. Science Glider, Optrian Historian. Yes, I'm finally doing a part. We were doomed from the start. Every planet is. Sentient life is a plague for these worlds. Most sentient life pushes for some technological advancements. They ignore what this does to the planet around them. So we decided to create our own world. One that we can maintain without causing great harm. It is every planet's destiny to fall into destruction. We just seek to preserve sentient life. During the end days of Austria, there was great civil unrest. Those who believed the world was crumbling began to fight each other. They left very little time for those who wanted to escape the doomed planet. Finally, when the Ark, now known as Paradise, was created, there were those who begged and pleaded to be saved. We simply could not save every Austrian life. We took those who would be useful in the new world with us. Those who could lead, those who could build, design, or maintain, and those who wanted to put their life to the success of the new Optrian paradise. The ones who could not contribute were unfortunately left behind. But we will never forget their sacrifice and have vowed to one day make it up to those who saw destruction. The plan was to find a new world. But as we continued to develop sustainable advancements within Paradise, we saw that Paradise will be our permanent home. The issues that erased Optria faded away with the advancements, and even on a social aspect, we became more unified. Paradise became a utopia, and we sought to forgive ourselves for leaving our brothers behind. We discovered another planet much like ours that was falling into destruction. Using our newfound technology, we decided to create an annex to to the Paradise Cruiser. We would replicate the dying world as we had done our own, and offer those who lived on the planet an escape to Utopia. Those of this technologically advanced planet offered their science and technology to add to Paradise. We unified these people and combined our knowledge and leadership into one unit. Unfortunately, like us, they had to leave others behind. With this massive addition, there were those of the original Optria who feared that our new world would collapse just like the old one. But with the efforts of the planet we had combined with, Traka, the New World Council was able to advance so that the cruiser would maintain stability. We came across more planets and offered help, every time combining the technology and leadership. Some planets were not as advanced, so we offered them everything we had. Everyone would be equal in this utopia. When a planet is taken in, leadership from all around that world is added to the Paradise New World Council. So far, every planet has something to offer, even if it was only people to help maintain the new world. We care for the differences of each of the beings. Freedom of ideas is welcomed. Every difference is welcomed. But we maintain that we must have peace at all costs. We have disciplined those who go against our ideals of peace. One time, this reached an extreme. There was a planet, Nye, that could 
not understand this and waged war against the rest of paradise, wanting to tape, take over what we Austrian people had created. We didn't want to, but the council deemed it the only way to maintain peace. So we, so we detached the aggressing planet and continued on our way. There is no doubt about it, but those of that planet have ceased to exist. With that decision, the rest of the world agreed that we would never raise a hand against each other despite any disagreement. These disagreements would be discussed in the New World Council. Despite all of our efforts, in the back of the minds of some of the New World Council, we believed that any New World could face the same fate as Nye. As we travel through the galaxy, we take every soul that we can, but there are still those who are left behind. We have preemptively taken large populations hundreds if not thousands of years before the calculated end of their worlds. Maybe with the absence of sentient beings, these worlds can survive long past those predicted times. And that's my third part. Okay, I mean, I like what you're doing with this. Like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not mad at this world. Yeah. So part of the idea that I had was also like that kind of Star Trek idea of um, unity between planets, like this kind of equality yeah. that you see in the different Star Trek um, generations. So, so I kind of wanted to keep that kind of idea. Like I said, I was trying to avoid just like, uh, like the normal idea of space colonization of oh we find this weaker planet and we basically do what the americans did to every well it's not american sorry what the europeans did to every country they ran across so i kind of tried to avoid uh, yeah. those like where it's less of we're going to take over this planet more of we're going to help bring them in and also help them basically create their own utopia within ours as well so, like, preserving that idea of individuality while also leading to a unified world. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I liked that. I, I, I kind of like that idea. Um. Anyways, now here's my completely different and much, much grumpier world. <laughs> we switched places. We did. We did. As one, the swarm beats their wings and takes to the sky. Lesser things might imagine we travel through the sky or through the water or space. I'm sorry, this voice is starting to hurt my throat. But nay, our wings bring us through realities. And I will find a new fount of life to tap and bring it here. Me and my army are ready. The process is simple. First, scouting. After we have found a new reality, we simply send a few of our weakest creatures there to see what we can expect. If the primitive inhabitants are ready for their new gods, sometimes we might make a priest in the new world to spread the good news that all life and matter and spirit will become one with the prime sludge. But most importantly, we detect what paltry and insignificant resistance we might expect. Next is the expedition. After our priests have made ready, and we know what to expect, I send just a finger of my mighty hand to lay claim to a world. I might take a city, small town, even a small nation, depending, but... This has one main goal, and that is food. You see, even I must be sustained by something. Otherwise, I age and wither. So, the expeditionary force must set up cedars. These are living organs. They are fed <laughs> matter and excrete primed Ew. sludge. They make food for me and my army and serve to make the matter which might even make more soldiers. Next, the cedars begin to eat and excrete prime sludge. They make a new world ready for the arrival of a new god. Cedars spread and grow. By this time, whatever life there is will realize an invasion has happened. Battle lines will be drawn, there will be skirmishes. But none of that matters. For that is just the preamble. Any small victory the inhabitants of the world might enjoy are nothing. They will turn to ash when I enter the fray and bring not death, but perfection. Finally, the invasion begins. I bring forth my legions and God arrives and claims his new world. 
This might be where a sad last attempt at force is made. Simple life banded together to assault me in my perfect form. I sweep it aside easily. My body's fueled by the my body fueled by the cedars can grow to the size of a mountain or absorb any damage. My arms and body grow and pulse with the need to kill and make flesh and absorb and grow and devour. This is the joy of conquest and victory. Dissolving the undignified life and making it a part of myself. Alright. I, I do love section. how we just straight up switch places where yours is grim like Cthulhu taking over the world and mine is like, you know, unity and the power of friendship. You know, give it time. No, I don't want Cthulhu to take over my soul. Um, so yeah, you got anything else to say about yours or are we going straight into mine? Man, I think I'm good. I think I'm yeah. I think I'm clarifying it. Pretty I feel well sorry here. for your voice though, because you're like hurting you I could tell you're straight at yourself at points. <laughs> I am, but it's okay, because next section is a different voice. So ah yes. I don't have to speak like the devil anymore. My society current comes from Sa Stargazer in a nihilist citizen. Ah, see what I'm doing? No one quite knows what happened to our society, or really any other society, that is. Our world was empty, and have been empty for a hundred years before me. Amongst the foliage were ruins of a civilization long dead, but no hint as to where this civilization went. There were no skeletal remains, no mass graves, no signs of disease, famine, or destruction. It seemed like whatever society existed before just up and disappeared without a trace. I was stuck on the planet Annihilus with my family and a few other junk scavengers that called themselves my friends. Eventually, after scavenging parts from the ruins, we found plans to create starships. Seems like at one point our world was on the verge of space travel. That is until everyone disappeared. Like some sort of weird rapture. Using equipment we found and even the remnants of partially built starships, we decided to create our own way off of Annihilus. It seemed like we were destined to travel amongst the stars, to hopefully find out what weird curse stole the life from Annihilus. We were stunned to find that every other planet we found was much like ours, empty save a few small societies. Some mentioned a rapture, as if a chorus of angels came down sometime in the past and took the worthy with them. Some mentioned heaven. Others talked about a promised land called Optria, a word we had, have learned means paradise. We all thought it was some religious mumbo-jumbo that fanatics spit to explain unexplainable events. With the thought that there was some real answer to our mystery, we picked up a few crew members and encouraged some of the other planets to begin their own space travel to find the truth. We thought we would never find real answers until we came across an abandoned space station. Unlike the abandoned planets before, there were remains of those who lived on the station. Amongst those remains was a record of what happened. Some abnormally enormous, just huge mass just appeared out of hyperspace. With such a mass, the space station lost all communications with their home world. They tried to make contact with this world-sized mass, but the only response they received was, Greetings, beings from planet 00121827, otherwise known as Obelis. We are here to confirm your onboarding of the space colony paradise. After a few weeks, the craft disappeared as if it never existed, and the station was cut off from their home planet for good. They sent down scout drones, but alas, it was like everyone was just gone. Without support from their home world, the people on the station died out. It seems like paradise isn't some religious afterlife. It is an actual, physical space colony. Turns out this thing has been going around rapturing planet after planet, while leaving behind people they deem unworthy. What is this paradise really? Our our new goal and the goal across the galaxy is to find out what this paradise really is and either join them as we are the left behind or to free our people from their grasps. So that's my world. I decided like to like, you know, with the leaving of people behind, I decided to like kind of do the thing of just like, well, what happens? Like they, they obviously, you know, a lot of these worlds that they come, that Optria comes to, like, you know, takes people in before the world gets destroyed. So maybe those issues get solved and, like, life is able to continue. 
what happens to the people yeah. left behind? They all have this idea of going out and finding what happened in the world, and then they all come across each other like, where did everybody go? And it's just like, so it's just <laughs> also the space colonization, colonization, but paired with the idea of like wanting to explore the world and like find this great mystery, and then like what will happen when they find paradise. So I, I decided to throw that in there, and I enjoyed it. No, actually, I like that. I think that's a, I think that's a clever way of doing it. I'm a fan. Yeah, you seemed you seemed kind of down on this world, but I kind of I like the yeah. idea. Like I, think it's I, I don't know. It just, it just it. feels like I would like the idea. It was one of those it reminiscent of Dolphin World, where you say like you had this idea in your head, and then like when you were writing it, it's like eh, you kind of fell out of it, or it kind of, it kind of didn't end yeah. up like you want. And that, that was like I had the idea of like this like Valeril, Valerian or whatever planet like size thing going yeah. on, and then the idea of like people waking up on their own planets like wondering where did everybody go so i don't know no i mean that makes sense but i i liked it i'm i'm a fan so you know thumbs up from cody well thank you all right you ready for the you're i'm I'm ready for the twist march 1st 2030 somewhere on the coast of lake michigan well there's been tell of some odd things going on but that's typical for these cold and lonely months the old reverend says that God is dead now and that a new God has entered his mind and that that God needs new followers to become undone. Now, I've been going to church every Sunday, but I think these sermons are getting confusing. Personally, I blame the young people. <laughs> you know, everything has to be so dramatic for them or they just get bored. Used to be we just had a chili cook-off, donated the money. Now there's all these clubs where people wear the crazy hats and they go to these parties. Who's ever heard of a party in a church? Well, anyways, the old reverend has gotten more popular. Also, there's all these reports of these winging dogs. Oh, no. We'll see. Oh, no. So it's been a month. We got the reverend locked up. He was trying to liquefy people, (laughs) but that got stopped right quick. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Also, now the forest outside of town's a real headache. This wildlife is getting all deformed and rabid. I ain't never seen rabies or heard of rabies like this before, but that's okay. We just lifted the headcount limit on all the hunters and they've been having a field day. Sounds like World War Three out in the woods every day. Oh, before I forget, then there's McGucket. He said there was these new trees, what was growing up and leaking or something. He said they was leaking gray goo. Well, McGucket, he'll drink anything. So he's been slugging the stuff down and has also started bottling it. Says it can open your eyes to the cosmic beauties and horrors. Last week he was selling magic leaves. This week he's selling magic tree water. Personally, I blame the young folks. They're always up all the time partying and drinking and carrying on a month later. Oh, no. Welp, McGucket's got superpowers. (laughs) Ain't no two ways about it. I saw him get hit by a semi-truck and what was left reassembled itself and danced off into the woods. Also, the lake is different now. It's all gray and also the fish can talk. (laughs) Last night... A perch joined poker night, and well, normally, I don't hold for that kind of oddity, but he was an easy mark, and he bought everyone around, so old Perchy's just fine by me. Oh, Perchy. The tree's been walking around a bit now, but that's expected when the fish started talking. <laughs> oh, right, and then there's the wildlife. The, hun- the hunters are keeping the monsters from getting out of hand. Yeah, we got monsters now. First, we thought they was deer. But they ain't deer. They're monsters. It's fine. Anyway, monster hunting's become real big on them reality TV shows, you know? Monsters either using the biggest, most expensive rifles, or they're using bows because they say that's more fair. (laughs) Thing is, monsters don't really reproduce. They just keep popping up. But that's alright. It's great for the tourism in the town. Oh, yeah. Then there's the Reverend. He's so mad. One, we wouldn't let him liquefy folk. He got real chafed about that. But also, he says we're defiling the home of the new God. Honestly, I'm starting to think this is more than just the fault of the young people. Cody. 
a month oh later. All the rudeness you could imagine. This great monster thing rises up out of the lake in the middle of summer. We was having our monthly monster festival where all the monster hunters show off the head of the biggest monster what they killed. We're all having a great time drinking the magic tree water what gives us superpowers. I can hear thoughts and teleport now. McGucket can grow limbs at will which is pretty cool. Anyway, (laughs) we was having a party went up from the lake comes this great ugly thing saying something about welcome to the new god and then he sticks his hand or his tentacles or whatever down in the water and sucks all of the liquid out of the town all keep going oh, and after all that he just gets a little bit bigger then this thing seems all confused. I think what it is is that he realized we were showing off monster heads. Because he gets mad, starts trashing the festival. Well, I'll have you know, I deputized every hunter on the spot and we lit up that creature like you would not believe. It was like our own little 4th of July. It was a pretty good party. Can't wait for next year. And that's the that's the end of uh, of my. So okay, so what happened was it's literally it's literally last week, but you got this. Hill, it's not you got this. No, you got this hillbilly world, and then Cthulhu comes to destroy it. It's like I am your new god, and then the hillbillies <laughs> just f him up really bad and treat him like every yeah. other monster. So yeah, it's just I like the it's hillbillies versus what Cthulhu. It is, it is last is week. The- <laughs> It's it's very similar to last week, but it is not the I, same as last I know, week. I was just gonna do a straightforward Cthulhu world, and then I kind of hit the end, and I'm like, "Well, this is kind of." No, I, I liked your. Like, it was very funny. You just, I mean, you did take notes from last week, but that was very funny. Where it's just like, yeah, then we yeah. lit him up. Yeah, it's like the, the, I like the thing about like a month later, and he's like, "We got superpowers now because <laughs> they've been drinking this yeah, stuff, they, yeah, you they know? moon, and they're just all killing they monsters." Made moonshine out of the freaking um. Yeah, yeah, that was that was my inspiration was moonshining Cthulhu juice. Yeah, I, I love it. That's that's fantastic. They made moonshine out of Cthulhu. <laughs> like the, I like the Reverend. It's like I must liquefy people, and they're like, "We locked him up." Yo, he's you, better, nuts. You, need to, you best be. <laughs> Stopping that, Reverend. We don't like that around here. No matter what words you're slinging in the church, you better put better put those tentacles down, Reverend. So I I don't know. I I like this, but again, guys, we're probably gonna go on to a new project. Me and Cody are making some plans. I am now more and more liking your idea of just doing long stories, but having breaks in between. But yeah, do, doing a long story coming up soon. Um. Well, yeah, in the meantime, Cody, it's my turn to rule the world. Well, yes, it is. So, you know, let's just pick one for Diana. What do you want to do with Diana? Okay, let me pull up the rule. I kind of want to do Snake World with Diana because I think that'd be hilarious. Oh, gosh, why? <laughs> because you let me put ones. Because you said you were going to fill out the world and then you just didn't. And then you let me fill it out. Well, that's that's true. Uh, okay, I, I vote uh, Urban Fantasy would be fun. Ooh, yeah, 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 yeah. I do like how it's like we're gonna. We're, so, by the way, audience, we're planning just to do an impromptu world with Diana on Sunday. Uh, no, on Wednesday next week. Motorcycle world. No, kids show world. I think kids. We can let's. Diana told us to roll, so let's take a D four and let's pick four of them, and then I'll roll. <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna say our four are, and this is an order. Okay, so we got one is urban fantasy. Um. Urban. Yep. And then we have a kids show, motorcycle, snake. Okay, kids show, motorcycle. That's one, two, three, four. You know, Jordan, you can type in dice roller and then Google has. Okay, so one was urban and then it went to kids and then it went to motorcycle. Okay, whatever. Motorcycle and snake. Um, I rolled four. No, you didn't. Let me see it. I don't know if you can see that. Yeah, that's a three, right? Motorcycle. No, I rolled a four, Cody. That's no joke. I rolled a four, Cody. We're gonna have to go with Snake World. That is the most serendipitous thing that has ever happened to me in my entire life. Where's this? I'm like, so upset. Yeah, I felt like you put four. And you're like, I had to throw this on anyways, but I might as well make it number four. And then I rolled four. And you're like, son of a. Oh man, I w- I so wish bad. I had been lying and just be like, nah, I'm kidding. But no, that was a four, and that makes me so happy. <laughs> 
<laughs> Anyways, so Cody, I know. I'm sorry. What are your plugs? Uh, check me out at the Wandering Gamer Network on podcast, YouTube, or sometimes on Twitch. Twitch.tv. Okay. Um, sometimes I'm gonna like shorten my plugs. So I know I've been doing like five minutes of plugs, but you can check me out at Twitch at something I guess zero zero. You can also catch me doing a show with my bud Flom on their Twitch at um, Twitch.tv forward slash p h l o o e m Flom. And then you can check out my other podcast, the Side Characters Podcast, which is always in the description. But thank you all for listening. It's been a good time. We will catch you next week with some Snake Girl. That's Cody's really happy to do. So anyways, catch y'all on the flip side. Bye. So upset about bye. Snake World. Just say bye, Cody. Bye. 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 <laughs> bye. <laughs>